0: journey podcast where we break down every movie from the imdb top 250 giving our own thoughts our reviews, and any general discussion along the way my name is daniel henderson and i'm sorry i broke my own concentration
1: and i'm dean jeffrey
0: and you know what i hate uncomfortable silences so thank god for editing damn right (laughs) and this week we are going to be breaking down quentin tarantino's pulp fiction we're doing it that's right (laughs) but we've already done it we have done it yes this was a patron breakdown that we did roughly a year ago now, and with this re- insane, insane coronavirus going around at the moment, we have had a very busy schedule, life-wise.
1: Yeah. Uh, as I assume most of you know, we are both supermarket managers, and it is
0: insane what Everyone is Everyone has probably on. been to a supermarket in the last week and does not want to go back again. It is, yeah. Well, we live there. Yes. So, it's- we live the horror every day. It's very challenging. Yes,
1: very, very challenging.
0: So we've had bugger all time to do anything podcast related this week,
1: but we didn't want we didn't want everyone to go without. So we thought we've got Pulp Fiction in the can. Let's let's get that into the world.
0: Yeah, but we've also got a little bit of fresh material here as well. We're also going to do a, a question of the week, which we put up to what is your favourite song from Pulp Fiction? So we've got a couple of good, interesting answers there. We're going to do our top five on that, and that's basically going to be it for, the, <laughs> for that. <laughs> All right, so obviously this is full-on spoilers from the jump, so if you haven't seen Pulp Fiction... What is wrong with you? What are you doing with your life? But you've been warned. All right, Dean, let's do it. Let's get into Pulp Fiction.
1: Miramax Films is proud to present one of the most celebrated motion pictures of the year, the winner of the 1994 Palme d'Or, the best picture of the Cannes Film Festival.
0: He's so interested in big man's wife. Well, he's going out of town in Florida, and he asked me if i take care of her while he's gone. Take care of me. No, man. Just make sure a good time, make sure she don't get lonely. You see, this is a moral test of oneself.
1: I do believe Marcellus,
0: my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. I love you so much, can't Whether or not, you can maintain loyalty. Night of the fight, you may
1: feel a slight sting. Pride only hurts. It never helps. In the
0: fifth, your ass goes down. I have to say, playing matches, you get burned. We should have shotguns for this kind of a deal.
1: We're in a lot of danger,
0: aren't we? I'm prepared to scar the earth for that <laughs> All right, Dean, let's do it. Pulp Fiction, released in 1994. Uh, quite a good year. Quite a good year in film, for sure. Starring John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, Maria de Medeiros, Ving Rhames, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher Walken, and Boose Willis. I just know that from the trailer. <laughs> that trailer really? is so famous and iconic. That is the run out of the people in the in Why would you have... Why would you have seen that trailer so much? Because I love this film and I've watched this trailer many times. That's odd. Why? It's a good trailer. I'm not have sure. Ne- have you never li- have you never watched a really good trailer?
1: I'm not even sure I've seen my favourite movie of all times trailer.
0: It's not a good trailer, that's why.
1: Have you seen it? Yeah.
0: You yeah. know, what, you know what two trailers stand out to me as like just epic trailers?
1: The Dark Knight?
0: Yes. I've done a breakdown on this one. Pulp Fiction? No. X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, really? Those two trailers are just... You can sit like you can sit there with your headphones on and watch that, and you're just like, oh, it gives, you, it gives you the chills, man. They're great. Fantastic trailers. Okay. Yeah. I like Logan. Logan's a good one, yeah. Hurt. Yeah, that's a great one. There's some really good trailers out there. You, I, I don't mind watching some of the trailers after I've seen the film if they're sensational trailers. Like, you can I'll a admit, really good
1: I, watched, trailer. I did watch the Far From Home trailer after I saw the movie, and I really must say they spoil far too much, but we won't talk about that here. No, we've
0: already done that. So this was directed by... The man himself, Quentin Tarantino, was also written by Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery. Did you know that? Yes, I did, because I've seen the the Oscars video of them getting up to accept the best okay. original screenplay. Good, good, good. The only Oscar that this film won, tragedy. Tragedy? Lots of nominations, though.
1: I mean, I'm so glad it won screenplay. It deserves
0: to win screenplay.
1: This is legitimately one of the best screenplays I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. It, whenever you say something good about this film, you're going to get a general agreement from me. I agree completely.
1: You agree completely? (laughs)
0: Yes. Fair enough. But let's look at some nominations. This was nominated for Best Film Editing, Best Director, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Uma Thurman.
1: Mm, Nice. Good call.
0: Best Supporting Actor for Samuel L. Jackson. Should have got it. Best Actor For John Travolta.
1: I did not realise that.
0: Yeah, so John Travolta was actor and Samuel L. Jackson was supporting actor.
1: I do not dispute that at all. Really? I forgot how little Sam Jackson is in this film. Sam Jackson's in more- He is in the first bit and the last bit and nothing else. They're a huge- John Travolta is in every single storyline. He's in the the gold watch for- Thirty seconds. Yeah, he's in it though.
0: Doesn't doesn't make him have more screen time. Probably- Hold
1: on. Do you not think that John Travolta is the best actor in this film? Like, I mean, um, the best actor worthy, the best actor Oscar nominated worthy performance actor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: May- I think for sure he's May-
1: act- best actor, and Sam Jackson is support. I
0: can come around on it mostly because I love this film. What, if, he's, if you get, you put any of them in the best actor position, you're like, yeah, sure, put him in. Yeah.
1: Thing with Sam Jackson is he just deals any scene he's in. Yeah. Like, he's- Fantastic. I don't know. I was. This is the longest I have gone having a break from seeing this film in my life. Me too. Since I first saw it. Yep. And it was so, like, so much of it was fresh for me.
0: This is the first time I've seen this film since we've done, started the podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking years before that. Oh, no. Nah. It's been ages since I've watched this film. I might have watched this maybe a couple months before the podcast. Okay. And, of course, it was also nominated for Best Picture and lost to Forrest Gump. Rid- that is ridiculous. a travesty. That's ridiculous. It is. Yes, it is. Was Shawshank nominated that year? Shawshank was nominated. Funny enough, this was released on the same day as Shawshank Redemption. It's a tough call. Goes on, both of them, to be nominated for seven Oscars and obviously in the top 10 of the top 250. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's just insane, isn't I know? it?
0: <laughs> so, Dean, we'll have to talk about casting choices, as usual. We've got a couple of good ones here. Uma Thurman actually turned down the role of Mia, of Mia Wallace to start Ooh, off with. Why? What else was she doing? I don't know. She dangerous liaisons. No, that was already before this, I believe. Yeah, I, I realise that. why just say it? She was still riding that uh, liaison's high. <laughs> yeah, you could say that was kind of dangerous of her too.
1: Uh, ouch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, this I was, was going it.
1: He actually spent legitimately 25 seconds scrunching his face up, trying to think, not, I- not of this joke. He wasn't trying to think of a joke. He had it immediately and was thinking... <laughs> Is it worth embarrassing myself
0: with this terrible, terrible joke? Of course it is. (laughs) Absolutely. But Tarantino was so desperate to have her as Mia here, he ended up calling her and reading her the entire script over the phone, which actually convinced her to take the role.
1: That's weird. It's a long phone call.
0: I reckon um, fees would have been a bit smaller back in 94 on the home phone, the landline. Maybe he only read the Mia scenes. No, the whole whole script. The whole script. The whole script. (sighs) script. (sighs) (sighs) Okay. I can see Tarantino doing that. I can see him getting up
1: to the uh, the Bonnie situation being like, Oi, oi, guess who's going to play Jimmy? Oi,
0: it's me. It's me. <laughs> I cast Funny. myself. <laughs> Funny enough, he was actually supposed to play the Lance role originally. Yeah. yeah
1: I'm but- surprised he wasn't originally supposed to play the John Travolta role.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he pulled away from the Lance role because he wanted to actually be behind the camera during the OD scene. So he chose the role of Jimmy and gave himself quite some lines, I'll tell you. Gee, I could see
1: him in that Lance role though. Yeah. He really would fit that role. So, we talk about Jules.
0: Tarantino had that role specifically for Samuel L. Jackson. However, it was almost given to the guy who played Paul, the guy behind the bar. Yeah. Because that guy came in and gave an absolutely amazing audition and Samuel L. Jackson almost lost the role. And he probably would have had he not flown to LA to audition again to get to secure the role. Hmm. So good on Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, for sure.
1: Roll of a lifetime for him.
0: Absolutely. So we talk about Vincent Vega. It was actually supposed to be Michael Madsen. That was the, the script was written for Michael Madsen, but same um,
1: character from Reservoir Dogs.
0: Yeah, well, not the same character, like not the same character. Because no. Vincent Vega is Vic, Vic, Vic Vega. Yeah. yeah. They're so similar. Maybe it would have been twins. Why wouldn't they not have the same character? Because he dies in Reservoir Dogs and he dies in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? When you think about it for a second.
1: Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I uh, haven't actually seen Reservoir Dogs, so cheers for spoiling <laughs>
0: that. <laughs> you twat. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, Madsen went on to do Wyatt Earp. He was scheduled to do that Wyatt at time. Wyatt did he do that? No. No, I'm not, I'm not that was pay-
1: heaves better than your that was a dangerous decision or whatever you said before. Yeah, at
0: least mine was funny shit. Yours was just shit. Sick burn, Hendo. Thank as you. As usual. <laughs> I bet you didn't I bet you didn't know who wanted to play Vincent Vega. And we already discussed this? No. Tarantino? No. Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> what? Yes, that would have been amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, damn you, Travolta. Damn you. It's
0: not even Travolta's fault. Tarantino turned it down. He was, he originally Daniel Day-Lewis He, also, Lewis he wanted, wanted James Gandolfini over that, but Gandolfini said, no, but here's my mate Johnny Travolta. Take him. So he goes, all right, we'll go John Travolta, not Daniel Day-Lewis. I
1: don't know. I kind of prefer- You know, all jokes aside, I think Day-Lewis is probably too serious to play John Travolta here.
0: Imagine him as uh, doing his classic, uh, I'm going to go out and research this role, so he just becomes a drug-addicted gangster killer. Probably wouldn't have got the role eventually. Well, Travolta has does have say what you will about him. He does have some comedic chops,
1: Oh, yeah. and he has know, charm but- to him. I wouldn't say Day Lewis is charming, no, or possessing any comedic chops.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, I, I agree. Well, you say Travolta he was in the Look Who's Talking films, which are you know at least hilarious. That's kind of funny. Yeah, he's in Greece. Greece, has, he's got a little bit of a suave sophistication there. He's as well.
1: hilarious in Greece. Don't don't talk him down in Greece.
0: I don't, don't believe I did.
1: <laughs> I don't know, babe. Maybe there are two of us. <laughs> See? <laughs> Try the yellow pages. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Is Greece in the top 250? No, it's not.
1: <sighs> Come on, patrons. Request that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was another Tarantino alum from his later films that auditioned for the role of Jody Lance's wife. It was Pam Gree. She came in for this role. And Tarantino turned her down because he couldn't believe her as someone who would be pushed around. Well, she I mean, you can believe that. She's tough. Exactly. That's what I meant, yeah. yeah. So she comes on to do Jackie Brown a couple of years later. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's a good call. And in terms of Butch, they had Mickey Rourke, who passed on the role. They wanted Mickey Rourke. He said no because he wanted to pursue his boxing career, and he deeply regrets the decision. (laughs) Mickey Rourke, eh? And also because he didn't understand the script as well. I like Bruce Willis in this. Yeah, I, I mean, this is... Uh, this would be one of Bruce Willis's best roles, best acted roles. He puts in some pretty solid, uh, pretty solid performance here in terms of his, his aggression, his rage, and yeah. holding it back at the right times. Yeah. very, very good in this. Yeah. Everyone's good in this. What am I talking about? But this movie did have a budget of roughly eight million dollars, and I say eight million. Five million of that was to pay for the actors, actors and actresses. So yeah. it really was a three million dollar budget. Yeah, good look at it that way. But it grossed 108 million in America, tenth for the year. Wow. And worldwide, grows $214 million for 12th for the year. Big bank. done well. Put work.
1: Tarantino on the map. Absolutely. Because Reservoir Dogs, obviously, was more of an indie darling, I would say.
0: Well, this is kind of an indie darling too. Like, not as much as Reservoir Tenth Dogs. 10th and 12th for the year. Yeah, it was- Banked like it came out with the with the indies. Miramax pulled it in, and it made considerable amount of money. Then the film on the Palm Door as well at yeah. Cannes Film Festival, yep. which is great, is well deserved. The film's also been selected for preservation in the Library of Congress National. What film does Institute. that even mean?
1: You keep saying this sort of shit. I don't get it. Does that mean like if like is it in a bomb shelter if something happens yeah. to the earth they won't be destroyed? Pretty much. Do you reckon they put like so it's been preserved as film yeah. as like. Old Actual school film. film. Yeah, I hope they put a projector down there. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. otherwise
0: it's going to be useless. We're going to look at it s- f- strip by strip. Lots of batteries too. <laughs> yes, of course.
1: You know, I don't. I don't get this. I think it's more honorary than practical.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more for it. Like that. Yeah, it's um. More historical to have it like that. It's not. I don't think they do it for. Well, just in case the world goes to shit, we've got all these. (laughs) At least we we can watch watch Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Motherfucker. (laughs) Now you talk about Vincent Vega and Vic Vega. There was actually supposed to be a spin-off for those two called The Vega Brothers. Original, yes, Uh, but it got a bit too late in their life. Tarantino wanted to make it a prequel, and I mean, they looked a bit It better.
1: has to be a prequel, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah,
0: but by the time they got around to it, they looked a lot older than what they should have. So he just scrapped the whole idea. And never well, Travolta did it. not age well. Oh, with these these days and de-aging technology. Have you know? seen Travolta lately? <laughs> have you seen Madsen? Madsen's all right, actually. Calm down. Why? Do you not think he looks all right?
1: He's okay. I mean, <laughs> do you do not think I look all right? He doesn't, he doesn't look. He never did look good, you know?
0: How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get some Michael Madsen hate mail coming our way. Your way. But before we get into it, let's take a look at the history of Pulp Fiction in the IMDb Top 250 list. This was one of the films that debuted on the very first Top 250 list back in 96 at number 3. Debuted at 3. Yep. And this film has never left the list and has never dropped below 32. Its lowest spot was 32 in about 1999. Since then, it's gradually gone back up to the point where it peaked once again at number 3 late 2013 and has since moved around the spots between 3 and 8, for the last six years, and now it currently sits at number eight on the list with an average of eight point nine over one point six million votes. So this this is a highly regarded film, obviously. Also has one of the greatest posters of all time. It's very simple, it just reels you in so much, doesn't it? It's just
1: iconic that image of Mia on the bed with the gun, the the cigarette, the and comic.
0: Yeah, look, yeah, it looking like it's looking like a magazine. Yeah, yeah, like a pulpy magazine, obviously. That little ten cent sticker on the side. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uma Thurman, by the way, never looked better than in this film. Yes, yes, yes. I love the black hair look, the short. Yeah, the pixie look. No, it's not the pixie it's not look. Pixie? No. What is this? The what do you call that style that she's got? Do you know? The no. The bob, short bob. I, I would say bob yeah. would be closer than pixie. It would. All right, Dean. I'll give a plot summary for this one. The lives of two mob hitmen, a boxer, a gangster and his wife, and a pair of diner bandits intertwined in four tales of violence and redemption. It's an interesting plot summary. It's, it's okay. It's, uh, I don't know. That's- Is there much redemption in this film? I think there's redemption for at least one person. Jules. Maybe two. Who? Oh. Butch has a little bit of redemption after he comes back and saves Marcellus. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, uh, First one I was thinking of was Jules, and then- Jules because it's so outwardly,
1: you know, I'm changing sort of speeches going on.
0: Yeah, but mostly violence. Lots mostly of violence. violence. Yes.
1: <laughs> More violence.
0: No, mate, let's get into it. So we start off with the definition of pulp. A soft, moist, shapeless mass of mate, a magazine or book containing... Mate? Mo- mate. I, I think you mean matter. There's no R. I say mate. Matty? There is an R. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, I typed it wrong.
1: <laughs> I accept your apology. <laughs>
0: Now, let's stick with mass of mate. (laughs) Mate is a word. That's why I typed it wrong on here. (laughs) Oh, that's classic. Mass of matter. Yeah, that makes sense as well.
1: Uh, Almost as much as mate.
0: Especially since the next one here is a magazine or book containing lurid subject matter.
1: (laughs) Yes. uh, Do you know what lurid actually means?
0: Lurid means risque, kind of.
1: It means unpleasantly bright and vividly shocking. Yep. I don't think this film's unpleasantly bright.
0: It's not talking about the film, but visit- the, the definition of pulp.
1: Yeah, the movie is called Pulp Fiction, <laughs> obviously it relates to the film. Fiction. Is By funny. the way, it's Pulp fake. Pulp Fiction, one of the greatest movie titles of all time as well. Yes it is. You just it's so synonymous with this. There's like nothing those two words are never put together in any other context, but it fits so
0: well for a title. Absolutely. Stop it. <laughs> But it opens up on Pumpkin and Honey Bunny, basically halfway through their conversation here. I love that the first line is, forget it, it's too risky. It just gets you right into it. Like, whoa, they're they're, they're talking Mm. about something serious Mm. here. What are they talking about? Yeah. But we can't go too far without talking about the non-linear structure of this film. Bang. We start immediately. Yeah. We get it here, especially if you haven't seen it before. You watch this and it's so I, out of. That's the thing.
1: Touch. I f- I'm so annoyed. I mean, not annoyed, but I feel like I watched for the first time so many of the all time greats when I was like 14 and 15 and I don't remember what they were like to watch for the first okay, time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what did I think watching Pulp Fiction for the first time? I have no idea. Yeah, me too. Even the linear structure, like, it's so... Like, there's a lot of non-linear films released now. Mm -hmm. This would have been... Like, I'm sure it was done before, but this was a game changer. Absolutely. This made it popular.
0: It's the way it goes about. They they did it for a reason. Like, if this was done, like, beginning to end, it wouldn't be as effective. You wouldn't have the same... Wow uh, factor. Yeah, wow factor. What movies
1: kill off the main character you know, half, three-quarters of the way through, and then the main character is in the next scene alive with Mm -hmm. no explanation. Stuff like that. It is respecting your audience. It is making your audience think. And there's a few lines and a few things in this film, obviously the main one being the mysterious briefcase, that
0: they don't answer. The mysterious briefcase is fantastic. It is. I love that they don't answer that. gives you something to think about. Things that people have been talking about for 25 years now. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So what do you
1: make of uh, old Honey Bunny and... Pumpkin or Ringo.
0: Pumpkin, Ringo, I like Ringo. They're great. I love this conversation about what's the best places to rob. And he gives some very valid points. Why not to rob a liquor store? Why not to rob a bank? Love those.
1: Yeah, I love that we're seeing these these robbers, these criminals, and they're just talking so naturally about their source of income. And like they're, so they're
0: not super nice to like the waitresses. Yeah. Like yeah. they're
1: genuinely and they're so affectionate to each other. Like we see them, we're seeing them as everyday people. And when it cuts and they, all right, let's do it. Snap. It Like, we see that transition so effortlessly into these hardened criminals. And it's it's amazing because right then we are so invested in these characters. We've built up this scene into, okay, we're having a robbery. And then, boom, hit the music. And that music, it mizaloo dick dale there's no better intro music ever it's fantastic and the
0: fact that it's played over just the credits i'll tell you i I don't think i've ever fast forwarded these credits i watched this whole thing i listened to this music i listened to the radio change to jungle boogie man i I love it so much
1: yeah and what i also love is the way it comes back at the end because we haven't thought about these characters again do you know what I mean? You're not yeah, the, thinking the it's coming back. Yeah. The reveal at the end is just—it is—it just—it ties this movie so perfectly together. It works
0: perfect for a rewatch as well. If you pay attention in this scene, you'll see Tom Tom John Travolta walk in the background. You'll yeah, hear I'd Samuel never, Jackson. I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, I, I definitely heard it this time because I'm sitting there intently watching it. You can hear Samuel Jackson in the background muttering a couple of words. Mm. You see the old white T-shirt walking in the background. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah.
1: Now, I did like the transition from the Jungle Boogie uh, opening credits as the song playing in the radio.
0: Yeah, that was great. But now we get into Jules and Vincent in the car driving down the street talking about Amsterdam. You know Jules' little jerry curl fro he's got here? Yes. This was supposed to be a giant afro. Giant. Like massive afro. Huge. But when they got to getting the hair and makeup section of this, they had the afro there and they saw the jerry curl wig. And Tarantino's like... I think a lot this is a lot better let's put that on. Yeah. I I don't know how it would look with a massive afro. I think it would look a bit ridiculous.
1: A bit undercover brothery.
0: Well at that 1994 it probably wouldn't have felt like that but now watching Now it, it would. Definitely undercover brother. Yeah. It'd and be I don't is- think, I don't know how serious you could take him as like a, a threatening I mean, Samuel well, Jackson would I th- have put I in think the good work. The Jerry Curls, I think it just works perfect. Yeah. There's
1: so much of this script that is iconic. Like, there's so many lines that are-
0: So quotable, <laughs> so memorable.
1: Easily the most quotable film of all time. 100% agree. Easily. And I used to know entire scenes off by heart, and I would yep. repeat them, like, in high school, you know, like, with me mates. Shout out to you, Sam. Um, but it was, like, Royale with cheese. All this stuff, so- a Big Mac, a Big Mac.
0: But it's the, it's just the casual conversation that these guys are having. Like you you think that would end there, but he's like, it I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger King.
1: Yeah, like, that's- I had the exact same thought. Like I was watching this, and it was like, because I forgot about what do they call the whopper I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger King. Like what is that line? It means nothing. Yeah, but you don't what get is your answer? Like, no. yeah what it does though is it adds this realism to it. Yeah. And we've talked about this before in other patron episodes we've done about Tarantino films where he puts in stuff that is not relevant to the plot. All it does is build up the realism and the character, you know, personalities. Yep.
0: And it's so clever the whole big talk about amsterdam about you can you know have a you can have a beer in in the movie theater but not like a plastic cup like a big glass of beer <laughs> talking about a glass of beer yeah it's great it's this this whole conversation in the car is such a great start to this film we're getting these two characters these are the obviously the two main characters of the movie and their interaction here their stories man it's fucking fantastic no, it really is can we get our trademark tarantino trunk shot and you can see without even knowing what they're doing, you can tell it's gonna be dangerous. So like we should we need shotguns. Well, I love even
1: this little this little um bit of dialogue here. It starts with We should have shotguns with this kind of a deal. And then it starts saying could be this many people tell me there could be up to five guys up there. Yeah. And then um, Vincent
0: says it We should have fucking shotguns. Yeah so you're like, oh shit, they what they there's something it's just, serious it's about
1: that. so it's so complete. You know what I mean? Like this dialogue.
0: Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And even this whole entire discussion heading up towards- It's so good. Like normally, I'd say in a generic movie, the next scene would be them knocking on the door. Yeah. Now you have, what, 15 minutes of just the casual conversation- going up to the door, but it's all relevant to what's coming up, right? Like, this whole discussion is about Mia yeah. and, and the history of Mia, like who she is, about the Fox Force file, not, not yet, but the, the TV pilot that she yeah. did, the discussion about what a TV pilot is. I love how he's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, TV shows? But you
1: are aware yeah. of the invention of TV and on this, you know. Yeah,
0: just stuff like that. He's like, oh, I don't have a TV. He's like, yeah, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. The whole story of Tony Rocky Horror and, you know, Marcel's throwing him out the window for a foot massage. This whole conversation about the foot massage, it's- man, it's just gold. It is so gold. Yeah.
1: Ain't no fucking ballpark neither. <laughs> Do you give a guy a foot massage. It's brilliant. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm pretty tired. I could use one right now. But that whole- Yo, 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 man, you better back up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that whole shot of when they get out of the elevator so when they go to the door and they realise it's not time to go in yet. Yeah, what time you got? <laughs> yeah. Then they walk and they go back and they have more discussion about this and then back again this whole one long shot conversation. Yeah. Man, it is... Man, it's so good. Like I get... like. Honestly, I love honestly, I could be smashing this excellent button on it like for, for like yeah. the whole time.
1: Yeah. Not the whole time, but this scene in particular was close.
0: And I love how they, they cut back to the door and they're like, why are we talking about me? I was like, oh, by the way, I'm going, I'm looking after her in a like in a couple <laughs> of days. Care of yeah, take care of it? Take care of it. Man, that was great. <laughs> it's not a date.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a date. Ah, right, getting a character.
0: Yeah, exactly. They open the door and we got Brett. For a long time, man, I thought it was Brad.
1: When watching it again,
0: no, like a couple of years ago, or I honestly thought Jules said, "Check out the big brains on Brad." Bread. It's
1: Brett. His name is Brett. Check out the big brains on bread because he's eating a a burger.
0: He's saying check out the big brains on Brett because he gave him the right answer about the metric system.
1: I thought he's he's referring to well, that's check- That's even out- worse than my Brad. No, it's not. <laughs> check out the big brain on Brad. Because he's what? eating, he's eating burger. <laughs> that is terrible. That's up
0: no, it's not. Check out the big brain on Brett because he, he answers does not the question so the quick quickly. Tease hard.
1: The I can tell system. you now, he does not say Brett.
0: It's, that's why I thought it was Brad, but it's Brett. He must his say, name is he Brett. He says bread. It's Brett. I dispute that. Check out the big brain on the big. The big. You're not the even saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guarantee you, it's Brett. It makes much more sense. He's not talking about bread. Anyway, we're we're, we're getting <laughs> off topic here. probably <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> Check out the
1: big brain on Brett. This, oh, let's get it out of the way. This is my Excellent! Interesting. This whole from when they enter to the end of this part of it yeah. is my is my favorite scene. It is the dialogue here. Definitely because of Jules, of course. He's oh. he's a, a tour de force. He he is. He's incredible. Not just him, the fear on Brett's face. Brett's fantastic. John Travolta just being this the guy in the background.
0: Know, and you see like Brett every once in a while like look back, so what's he what's he doing? Like he's behind me, I can't hear him, he's he's doing something.
1: But the transition between comical to I will kill you is so it's so vague. Like even when even when he's like, Whatcha having? Big kahuna, Big kahuna Burger.
0: Big Kahuna Burger. He's, he's showing the dominance, like what he's there for. He's like, can Even I, when you he know? drinks all this Sprite. Yeah, and he's just staring at him like, I will yeah. drink all this and you're not going to do a damn thing about it. Takes a massive bite of his burger.
1: And then he transitions into, all right, you know why you're here, where yeah. is it sort of thing. And the guy on the couch- No, he's asking the guy on the couch, yeah, where is it? And you got Marvin in the couch. Marvin's corner. like, it's over there. I
0: don't remember asking
1: you a goddamn thing.
0: Like, it's like oh, shit. holy shit, <laughs> and he just stares. At him. And he's still staring at the guy on the couch. You were saying? No, no, he's staring at Marvin for a very long time, and then yeah. he turns out he's like, "You were saying?"
1: Oh, it's so good.
0: And then Vincent gets the case. <laughs> yeah. Six six six. Yeah, of course. Opens it up. The big glow. The big orange glow. You obviously know about the the, the, s- the rumor. The big uh, what do you what do you call uh, Theory. Legends. The, the theory. Legends. The legend. Yeah, the, the legend of the the orange briefcase. You've heard the about legends this. Legends
1: are true. I mean, it's Marcel was well the soul. Yeah. is the most popular one, is it not?
0: Yep. Uh, probably due to the fact that, obviously, the 666 on the briefcase and the fact that he has the Band-Aid on the back of his yeah. neck because it's well established that the devil takes the soul out of the back of your head. Yep. And, obviously, you see him coming up, he's got the Band-Aid. So, there's that theory. But Tarantino went out and said, no, no, he actually cut himself shaving. So, that's the reason why that's there. And he basically said, we never intended to have a reason for why this briefcase, what this thing in the briefcase is, it's much better to just have the viewers just give their own interpretation about it. We don't need to answer every single question, yeah. which is great. It is. And then you get Brett here, he, he thinks he can try and have a discussion with these guys, try to get get his way out of this. Man, that, that jewel's coming. My name's Pitt. Your AS ain't climbing out of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even when he just out of nowhere shoots the guy on the couch.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? This whole, I mean, I could just, and this, I could this, put this, this entire audio clip in, man. It's this, fantastic. This. <laughs> Well, allow me to retort. <laughs> oh, oh, you're finished. <laughs> what does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? 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 Oh, this is so good. What country are you from? What? 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 ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? That's so good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then when that comes back, when I mean, he's like, say what again? Say what again? Yeah, I tell you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Um, it's like, does he look like a bitch? Like,
0: of course you're going to say, What? Bang. Yeah, oh. amazing. Jules flips the table here. That was actually improvised by Samuel L. Jackson, so the the shock face on nice. Brett was genuine, and they just kept going. with That whole thing was just – they ran through that whole take. Yeah, but that – does he look like a bitch? So good. And,
1: of course, Ezekiel 25, 17.
0: Yeah, you did claim a little while ago that you could recite that whole thing. Could you do it for us now?
1: The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil man. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For I am truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down (laughs) upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance Upon thee. That was not threatening at all. That's so good. I love it Same so much. Did it better. I love it. It's so great. And no, oh, we'll get to the ending as well, but it's all good stuff.
0: They both of them shoot Brett here several times. You don't actually see him get shot. You just hear the gunshots and you the. You
1: see co- the, the yellow glow.
0: The, the yellow glow. That I think that further gives credence to the whole soul, soul coming out. Yeah, exactly. That's what I saw that too. But no, it's not. <laughs> and that's the end of that. But it cuts to. Butch talking with Marcellus Wallace, and again, this this soundtrack, I, I love this entire soundtrack. Did,
1: I'm so
0: in love with you. Yep, it's fantastic. Like I think I've mentioned, I think I mentioned on the uh, Django podcast that pulp, fi- back. pulp Fiction is my favourite soundtrack, and I, li- you know, I listen to this without, ever, like, obviously not without without watching the movie. Like I can sit back and just chill and listen to this whole soundtrack. There's
1: so much audio on the soundtrack of Pulp Fiction. Yes, like there's so much talking, which.
0: It's weird because I the, found the Mizzaloo song yeah. on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack starts with the any of you fucking pigs move and I'll execute every motherfucking last one. And I'm like, you don't need to have that. Like, what if I just put a Mizzaloo on and yeah. kids here? They're <laughs> going to fast forward like a you know,
1: yeah. 20 seconds. There's some great There's some great lines here between Butch and Marcellus. <laughs> They're just
0: great lines at every single point.
1: It really is. On the night of the fate, you may feel a slight sting. That's pride fucking with you.
0: Fuck pride.
1: Pride. <laughs> pride only hurts.
0: I love the, the line where he's like, like age is like wine, but in terms of vinegar, yes. In, in terms of vinegar, we go sour, yes. What about- Man,
1: you're a butcher. When you gets, are when butch it,
0: when I, this quote. I remember there was a, the bit was like, if you're talking about what it gets better with age, it don't. Because it's such a weird way to say that oh, line. It's good, yeah. But the best one here obviously sets up a little bit more of the story.
1: In the fifth, your ass
0: goes down. So, yeah. you know what they're doing. Yeah. You know what he's supposed to do later yep. on in the film. He's going to throw the fight. Yep. Well, he's well, supposed we to throw the fight. It, yeah. yeah. But
1: we get Vincent and Jules in the dorky clothing.
0: Yes. Very weird, especially if you're thinking like this is this whole linear thing. So, mm. hmm, how have they gone? Because they still have the briefcase. So, you must think it's they've come from there to here. How do they end up in these weird dorky t shirts mm. and shorts? Mm. Interesting. Mm.
1: <laughs> I love I love Paul behind the bar. I uh, mentioned that. So, are you taking Mir out? Yeah. He's like, listen, I'm not fucking stupid, all right?
0: <laughs> it's no. like, hey, I'm just Paul, I'm behind the bus. Like- no, he's like, hey, I'm just Paul, and then shit's between y'all. And he's like, then what to fucking ask me for? Yeah. It was just true. Like, he says it and get a rise out of it. He's like, oh, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. So like, yes, you do.
1: But, uh, yeah, one of the other big things that is not explained in this film,
0: Butch, oh, no, Vincent hates Butch. I think it's got to do with- He doesn't respect him as a boxer. He calls him punchy. Calls him Palooka, which are old references to boxers. Who it's about honor and that he he knows he's going to throw this fight. He doesn't respect the guy who's not respecting the sport.
1: But surely, like he's a gangster. Like how much honor does this guy have? Like he's someone who's a gangster. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're all gangsters, not Butch. But (laughs) like it's rich from Vincent to be like, well. You're not honourable. Like maybe
0: he thinks this is my job and I do it well and I and I honour my job. This is your job as a, uh, as a boxer and you're very, going and cheating. Very and hypocritical. It has been established by Tarantino that it's actually Butch that keys Vince's car here. Really? Yes.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. I mean it's never revealed in the show, in the in the movie, but you know. Travolta goes off to the toilet, or he goes to see. Uh, sorry, he goes to see Marcellus, and Butch leaves at this point. And then next scene is Vincent saying, "Some fucker keyed my car,"
1: and that fits obviously
0: chronologically. Yeah, because the actual okay. scene coming up, yeah, is oh, nice. chronological. I do love the rotating shot around Butch as Vincent leaves when he goes to see Marcellus, and that as he's turning around to looking I'm like you, what the fuck do you say uh, I think that I don't know I just say that that, per, that shot itself as they follow Butch's face all the way around as the, as the whole camera spins I really like that shot good for you you don't like that shot it's fine good for you two and a half staff shot <laughs> <laughs> but we get to Lance's house Jody talking about all the piercings in her it's a lot of piercings is that the one full of shit in her face no that's Jody. <laughs> that's my wife my wife <laughs> you just like I'm oh, sorry man <laughs> but even though I was just curious but um uh- why would you wear a stud in your tongue? Sex thing.
1: How's Right Righto then. 100% sure I didn't know what fellatio was when I watched this film.
0: Yep, okay, I can see it. <laughs> I was like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole thing here when he's buying the heroin, do you, have you ever known that-
1: Oh, no, I've not ever bought heroin.
0: The reason why Mia ODs coming up is because it's in the baggie. You know about this? Yes. She thinks it's coke. Yes, of course, because there's no balloon here to be yeah. put in. Yeah, I love how they. It's it's such a small little thing. They never mention why, but if you pick up on it in this small little section, where he's like, "I haven't got any balloons. You want a baggie?" Yeah, cool. That's uh, the reason.
1: I, I always that's always been something I've known. Oh, okay. She ODs because she thinks it's coke.
0: Yeah, but the only reason she thinks it's coke is because it's in a baggie. Because he wasn't supposed to get the heroin in a bag. Yeah. He's supposed to come in a balloon. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I do like it here. Get a little- here, uh, uh, Early 90s, pre- Coke, Coke is dead. Heroin's coming back in a big fucking way.
0: <laughs> is it though? <laughs> yeah. I do like the uh, pre-Requiem for a Dream style shoot-up here. Very close up. In, oh, very graphic. Yes, bubbling spoon and pulling the blood out of the into the syringe.
1: This is a very, very high-functioning drug addict. Yes. Like this is someone who middle of the day will shoot up the fucking madman. Yes. And then drive to take his big gangster
0: boss's wife out. That's crazy. Yep. He's a nutcase. Like, that really is crazy. One thing I didn't notice at any other time I watched this is during this scene when he's shooting up, you hear his heart beating in there as well. And it's like the, the different- uh, Beats
1: per minute. Speed. Speed of the beats. BPMs. Yeah, that's the one. For us pros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Us medical (laughs) professionals.
0: (laughs) I'm going to say us drug addicts. No. Bartius to Mia's house, Son of a Preacher Man playing. Oh, great song. Oh, amazing song. So good. And again, so many quotes here.
1: I'll be done right down in two shakes of a lamb's tail.
0: Warmer disco. Disco. But we get confused Travolta gif. Yes. Man. That is such an iconic gift. I did too. not
1: even think of it when I watched this,
0: didn't you? No, oh, I just I love that gift so much. It's just been put in so many different well, scenarios. It's, it's hilarious. Well, where, where is the it? <laughs> but you've got to get some feet shots in here.
1: Yes. Oh, after we see Mia racking up some lines of coke, of course. Of course, yeah. We need to know that she. Have you loves seen the, coke? the deleted scenes of? I'm sure you have at some point of of Pulp Fiction. Probably. There's. I remember on the DVD. Copy that I had or Shane had. Um, there was a scene here that was taken out where Mae comes down and she wants to get to know Vincent. Okay. And she starts quizzing him. And one of the qu- one oh, of the I questions yeah, yeah. is, "So are you a Beatles? It's like Beatles are you a or Be- Elvis? Be- Beatles or Elvis? Obviously Elvis. You know, blah, blah 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 blah." Which does get mentioned in the very next scene. Like an Elvis man should love it. Yeah. Because they already have discussed Elvis with him. So. Little tidbit there. I'll I'll, I'll never forget Tarantino's re... This interview I saw with Tarantino where he's talking about, like, adding in deleted scenes and the so-called director's cut. And he's like, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as director's cut, okay? Because the movie there, that's how I wanted it. That's my cut right there. You know, he's like, these are deleted scenes, but there's no such thing as director's cut. Like, that is my cut.
0: (laughs) I can see where he would say that because, you know, he probably has 100% control over what ends up going to screen. Mm. But there are certain... Films that get do- like get dodged over by studios and they end up taking control. You know, perfect example, like Blade Runner. They, they apparently they completely ruined what really Scott Justice to show. League. Obviously, mm, no, that's not a director's what? cut. No, but they made There's a Snyder cut. They the made studio.
1: they made it be under a certain amount of time. I'm just saying, like you talk about studio interference. I think that's a good example. I
0: don't. Course, not because you're just a blind and DC course, hater, and of course, you think it's a good example because it helps the justice league. I disagree, I think it's perfect as it is, <laughs> but yeah, they pull it the Jackrabbit Slims and she gives the whole don't be uh, bing bing bing, yeah, even it's that a, it's a rectangle,
1: yeah, it is, but <laughs> out of nowhere,
0: yeah, you, you, get, know, the, you get the like lines this, is, on the screen. this is
1: like you can see, like Tarantino is going to evolve in how much he wants to change the medium. This is just one little step of I will literally draw like cartoon rectangle on the screen because I can.
0: Exactly. You know what I mean? It didn't need to be there. Like we knew what she was saying. Yeah. Yeah. They get to Jackrabbit Slims here. It's fantastic. You take out the budget for all the actors and all that. This is the largest chunk of the budget they use. One hundred fifty thousand dollars just for this set. I'm surprised it's not more. To be honest, it's amazing. They did it, the whole wraparound of the, of the entire. This is set. a great. This is a great shot. Yeah, the music playing and Vincent's. What music's playing? Jeez, I couldn't name the song. Yeah, because I I don't
1: remember the song.
0: But it, if I was listening to the soundtrack and the song comes on, I'd be able to tell. That's I, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Don't agree with I'll me. I'll take the compliment. But yeah, um. Vincent's walking around the entire place. So we Lots of famous characters.
1: So, Honestly, watching it now, there were people that I did not realise were there. Zorro is there as soon as they walk in. Yeah. No idea. James Dean. I didn't pick up on that before. He's walking with a red jacket past him.
0: I know that the the waiter guy, the main guy- Buddy Holly- no, the, the maitre d', the actual – the guy who gets brings them in, who who presents the yep. – he looked like Richard Nixon, but it, that doesn't fit with the 50 No, it doesn't. Yeah, so, I don't know who he was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, thanks for that input, though. That's Steve Buscemi, Buddy Holly, little cameo here.
1: It's amazing. Like, he was, you know, virtually the star of Reservoir Dogs. It's amazing he's got this – Unre- like a lot of pe- Most people would not realise that Steve Buscemi Like he's so like He's got the big glasses His hair's different You can get that iconic voice Yeah but yeah. his voice is not as I- iconic in this film
0: ah, but he's in there He's doing his thing
1: I do love uh, Vincent's line of describing the place though so.
0: What do you think? I think it's like a wax museum with a pulse It's nice Yeah it's perfect they order all the food here. They all the fifties references here. I know that we had all. Well, I personally had the uh, Amos and Andy and uh, Lewis and Martin question that I yes. got wrong yes. on the Povey Pod, but I do know what it means now.
1: You don't put bourbon or nothing in it. It's
0: five dollars. It's five dollar milkshake. <laughs>
1: that's milk and ice cream.
0: Five dollars. So that's that's a typical price now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Back then we like what?
1: Because mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure even vanilla Coke though I was very much like. We didn't have vanilla Coke when I saw this movie in Australia, and I was—I remember when it came out. Yeah. When I was at work, I remember as a young, um, a young casual at work, and vanilla Coke came out, and I was like, oh,
0: "They talk about this on Pulp Fiction. We get everything so late, it's ridiculous.
1: I love, I love when Vincent drinks the shake, and he like stops, looks
0: at Mia, and it's just like, oh, and drinks it again. <laughs> that dance, pretty good fucking good milkshake. But this is where some of these stories come back. They have the conversations here and he, he mentions about the TV pilot and she goes into about the Fox Force Five, which, you know, we've already mentioned with Kill Bill, that's kind of that's kind Loose. of the setup. Yep. And there's a little setup about the corny joke she's gonna mention later on. I love how he's like, Oh, that's all right, I won't laugh. He's like, That's the problem. <laughs> he will not laugh at this <laughs> that's joke. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Vince.
1: <laughs> I love how she calls him Vince, by the way. Yeah, it's nice. No one else calls him Vince.
0: No. And then you get the uncomfortable silences.
1: Yeah, and this is great because it comes back so perfectly when they get back to her place. Yeah,
0: because it means something completely different by that point. Yeah. But even,
1: like, look at Mia doing coke blatantly. She's going
0: to go powder her nose, apparently. Blatant, Perfect line.
1: Blatantly in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, everyone else is powdering their face, and she just like, she's not even there, and then bang, her <laughs> face comes up as a big snort comes along said, God, God damn, God damn. Yeah, it's a great
1: line. <laughs> <laughs> love when they
0: fight when she gets back to the,
1: the booth. Very much a Tarantino line here where, all right, I'll, I'll tell you, but uh, I don- you got to promise not to be offended. And she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You can't promise that. Like, that is just so much like Tarantino being smarter than everyone else. Like, you know what? I'm going to put my thoughts down on that.
0: <laughs> I love this little line that Travolta says here where he's like, you know, oh, Tony Tony Rocky Horror and Mia's like yeah he got thrown out of the window so that's one way to say it another way to say he got thrown out by Marcellus and another another way to say it is that he got thrown out by Marcellus because of you.
1: Is that a fact?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just something that hurt, something that hurt. <laughs> Even the way she said it. The only thing he touched on me was my hands when he shook them at my wedding. Like yeah. great, great line. It is great,
1: but I love I love John Travolta here. He looks genuinely shy. Almost adorable yeah. here. The way he's like looking down, he's playing with his little cigarette. You know, uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's he he wants to
0: ask, but he's really shy about it. It was really good. But you never can tell. Well, this this scene is. I mean, this goes like this is iconic as well. Like, oh my God, there's so many iconic bloody scenes in this film.
1: I knew about this scene in primary school. Really? Right? This Pulp Fiction dance. I, it's so famous, and I remember when I was probably like 13, I did the move once in front of, like, my parent, and they were just like...
0: Was that the the peace symbol across the eyes? Yeah, yeah.
1: and they're just like, uh, how do you know that? And it's like, well, <laughs> calm down, I haven't watched Pulp Fiction yet.
0: Everyone does it.
1: <laughs> it's funny, actually, like, a couple weeks ago I saw on Reddit this, this clip of Tarantino as he's filming this scene, and he is twisting along with them on the side. Like, this is someone who's still young, he's so passionate about it, he's just having... you can tell he's having an absolute ball... That his vision is just being able to be realised right now. He he loves this old school stuff, loves pop culture. It's it's just a love. I love how much fun he has with it.
0: You talk about old school and pop culture. I don't know if it's going to burst your bubble or not. But this whole dance is shot for shot uh, from Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half. The whole dance, the, the entire dance they do there, is moved over to Pulp Fiction. But of course, it's done much better here. Great music. Shot better, but that's where the original dance came from.
1: Wow, you just ruined the movie for me, Hendo. Oh, why would you even preface that with, I don't want to burst your bubble?
0: Because you were talking about like, oh, this was like his his thing. So, no, it's more like the
1: the scenery. Okay, Like the Jackrabbit Slims is what I was referring to oh, more than talking about the, more the the, 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 the dance physical that <laughs> dance moves. He's so passionate about sign. That, that, that twist yeah. there. and Drag it across your eyes. Fantastic dancing, like you say, it's from another movie. That's fine, but it just oozes sex this dance.
0: Uma Thurman didn't actually like the song that was playing; she thought it wasn't right for the for the tone of the dance. Tarantino basically said, "Trust me, it is perfect." Mm.
1: No, it's just so much chemistry between them, and it's it's forbidden chemistry, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Like you see when they they leave and they're heading back to the place, and they're like they're doing their waltz or their tango, the tango, and you can just see there is there's there's a bit of that sexual tension there. And for if you sure. haven't seen this before, you think this is where it's going to go. And also, I love that in our minds, we
1: know about Tony Rock- Rocky Horror. We know that mm. Vincent is thinking or thought that his boss killed someone for touching her feet. And here he is dancing and getting really familiar with this woman. Yeah. Then we get the fade to black and they're, they're in the house and she's got the trophy.
0: Yeah. And they put on another song here and it's, girl, you'll mm. be a woman soon. It Holy is. Holy shit. Another amazing song. It's Perfect
1: probably my favorite from the film.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. agree to that one, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. I th- I love the way as well that she she's singing along to it and she's terrible like all you hear from her is like <laughs> <But> she <laughs> And she's, and the, she's the dancing the dancing is fantastic. Yeah. The way that cool black wig is bopping along. Love it.
0: But it's, it's weird though. He's like I'm going to go take a piss she's like little bit more information I need to I mean, it did <sighs>
1: It's funny, like, that's a little too much information. Like, is that... Did Tarantino write that was too much information a thing before this film? Like, oh, is like that another TMI. thing? I,
0: no, that happened later, way later. I think it's, like, the first time someone said that.
1: Too much information hmm. was a thing before TMI. But we did skip over the the uncomfortable silence being brought up. Oh, back. yeah,
0: of course. Is that what you call an
1: uncomfortable silence? I don't know what you
0: call that. That's good. It is really good. Because there is tension, like... There is. Like I said, if, you, if this is the first time you're watching it, you th- you're thinking that this is where it's going to go. Like, there's something might happen here. Vincent's going to get in trouble with Marcellus. Yep. But no, it doesn't go that way at all. No. So you got- Vincent in the bathroom talking to himself about what he's going to do. This
1: stuff's great. Have you ever spoken to
0: yourself in the mirror in the bathroom? I speak to myself all the time and I'm smashed. I'm talking about what I'm going to be doing. When you're smashed, yeah, I go in the bathroom, I'm like, all right, you're going to go take a piss then you're going to go gonna get your drink, and then you're going to. When I'm just- super, super
1: off my fucking head, <laughs> looking at myself in the mirror is like one of my favorite things to do. Not like in a. Look at you, you beast.
0: <laughs> you're such a talented man. <laughs>
1: Who's a sexy bastard?
0: <laughs> you are. No, you are. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that happens
0: though. Uh. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, he's, he's talking about what he's going to do. You're going to go out, have a quick drink, say goodnight, go home, jerk off, go to bed. Who uh, does a little yeah, jerk off little motion? Hand, yeah. <laughs> it's like it. And all the while she's, <laughs> this she's is a ma- This is a moral
1: test of oneself because being loyal is very important. <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, you're the man. I really love Travol- Travolta in this. He's really, really good. But like we mentioned before, the baggy she finds it in his coat pocket, thinks it's cocaine. Hello, has a little snort of the depressant heroin, and you can just see as soon as she takes the the depressant snort, heroin. Yeah, well, cocaine's a stimulant and heroin's a depressant. That's why she educate acts like me more, Hendo. That's all. I thought you were the one, you were the drug king. Not.
1: <laughs> Excuse me!
0: <laughs> yeah, you were talking about heartbeat before as a classic drug dealer, you know all this kind of stuff. I was talking about heartbeats. You were,
1: you were like, oh, this is the first time I've noticed a heartbeat going.
0: You said before about heart. You caught you you corrected me on what I was trying to say, and you're like, yeah, people and uh, experts like me know these things. Okay, if
1: you say so. Like, I don't even know. Can you snort heroin? Is it just because she's already had so much cocaine? You can snort cornflour if you want. Do you get the same effects like snorting heroin? I would think as that- As cocaine, uh, no, because she OD'd. Not as cocaine, as injecting it. I would think that injecting it, you'd get a much stronger effect than snorting it, it.
0: straight to the bloodstream.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, snorting heroin would have less of an impact than injecting. See, this is where
0: I'm done with my knowledge. So, I think, I think it's just because she's already had so much coke. No, I think it's because you're not supposed to snort the heroin because it has a reverse effect as cocaine does. Like I said, cocaine is a stimulant and it gets you perked up. This one lowers yourself. And because she's snorting it, it's going somewhere different. That's not the bloodstream. It's going to her brain and it's having a a completely different
1: effect. I don't know. I feel like... We are not uh, educated enough on this, honestly. If if you know more about this, you don't have to do it publicly. But can you let us know what snorting heroin would be like?
0: Yeah, they'd be a little bit more interesting to know why it happens like that rather than just our probably incorrect theories,
1: undoubtedly. But her this od scene here is Rough. so oh, so brutal. And when he comes out, and you just you just see her face, yeah, like you don't it's see him more. He's just like, oh Mia, um, listen, yeah. I've got a. To- Oh, oh, Fuck, fuck me. me!
0: Fuck <laughs> me! <laughs> and the drive to Lance's. Love how he's he's call he's he's trying to call him. And he's just sitting there eating cereal, yeah. watching TV. That's great. He even and answer. even even with
1: Jody like screaming, out,
0: "I thought you told these fucking assholes not to call here this
1: time." He's like, "That is exactly what I'm going to tell this fucking assholes. And then he answers the phone. He's like, "Hello." <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, and Vince is just going. Ape shit. Damn, he's got a you know. you oh on. Are you on a your phone? Oh, I don't know you. Prank, prank caller. Prank caller. It's <laughs> like, call. <laughs> so you're not fucking bringing an old dear bitch to my fucking house. Almost immediately after he hangs up, you hear the car smash into yeah, the car. Yeah, Like, full on crash into the into the house. Yeah. And even the argument out in the front lawn. Have you lost your fucking mind bringing an old dear bitch to my house? You're talking about drug shit on my fucking phone? <laughs> and then he's like... This this fucked up bitch is my sales boss's wife. Now I'm gonna I will be I'll be forced I'll to, be- to to say that you did not help me. You <laughs> rejected my help. So yep brings me into the house and this oh this this argument. Can you imagine? This is written. This is a script that's written. All yeah. these people saying the stuff back yeah. and forth. Get the shot. If I'm a fucking bitch. <laughs> She's yelling. <laughs> they were like
1: while well, he's searching searching the room and. You hear uh, Vincent and Jody talking like, "What's he looking for? Uh, Some some
0: fucking nurse's book, (laughs) little back fucking medical book. (laughs) Get the fuck out of my way!" Uh, This whole just everyone's just yelling back and forth at each other. It's fantastic. This is what you'd be doing in this situation. You'd be just freaking the hell out. Just- do you love
1: that Trudy's just sitting in the background oh, and does care. not say a fucking word?
0: She's got a bong in her hand, whatever. I shouldn't I didn't care.
1: That's also a depressant, isn't it, Hendo? I don't know about that. Genuinely don't. I don't believe that you would know heroin is a depressant and you wouldn't know marijuana is a depressant.
0: Well, maybe I'll look up some trivia. How about that? I doubt it. <sighs> but, yeah, they've been arguing over what they're going to do here. They're getting the kit ready. I did forget to mention that this is my... Excellent! Oh really? This whole thing this is this is so even after I know what's going to happen this is still so tense coming up here it's, I'm it's, genuinely it's, surprised it's it is full of tension, humor. Everything is bundled into here. This line where he's like, "So what you got to do is you got to be kneel down in a stabbing motion. I got I got to stab her three times. No, you don't got to fucking stab her three times. You got to stab her once. <laughs> oh, so, uh, you're gonna do it. What I have to do? I'm
1: gonna fucking do it. I'm not fucking OD, bitch. You fucking do it. <laughs> the day you come, the day I come to your house with no D bitch, then
0: I give it a shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this bit where he's just like, he pulls the needle up and it's like one, and like it's counting down and it's counting up. And it just zooms in on the needle with a little drip. It Drips, zooms in on Matt. Yeah. It zooms on everyone, and then you get a little zoom in on Jodie. She's got the big grin on her face, like "Oh, this is amazing." That whole thing where, and you just which is three, and you he stabs down her, which was actually done in reverse. If yeah, you that. I saw that. I did read up a, a little while ago as well that like someone passed out in the cinema watching that scene the very first time it came out.
1: Yeah, see, I'm never, I've never felt this scene was tense.
0: Oh, I did. Like I still do. It's just the, whole, the way it's set up. The just the commotion of it. This whole this whole scene is fantastic, and just you hear that as like as as it gets jammed into her heart, and she rushes up and she screams and shouts, and everyone freaks out again. And that yeah. if, wouldn't if,
1: wouldn't be in my top five scenes. Well, there you wouldn't go. probably wouldn't be in my top ten scenes. Well, fuck you then.
0: Yeah. Anyway, you gotta. You're all right, and say something. Something. Good little line at the end. Really? Yeah, that's funny. That's all right. Even after she ODs and gets you know. Some adrenaline shot into her heart. She still has a little sense of humour. Well, but, she's awesome. But she... They'll have the next shot where they're driving home and she just looks like death. Just sitting there like... Oh. She looks so good. Like, like the, she... The, the pure black hair and the white... The, the white...
1: The black it's, eyes, though.
0: Yeah. She's got it those amazing. black
1: eyes and she's just got the, the grey T-shirt on. Like, she doesn't have her fancy white shirt yeah, anymore. She
0: just looks like... she. And, and Vincent looks like he's aged 10 years. He just, he's like, fucking over it. And they get back to Mia's house and, they, you know, they're talking about... We're not saying anything about this. He... She's saying like, "Oh, I'll be in as much trouble as you if we were talking." Oh, about uh, I really I, doubt that. I
1: love that line. I just think that is such a such a thing that a wife would say. Yeah. Right. That uh, if he finds out, I'll be in. A- and the guy's just like, "All oh, due respect, you got no idea." Yeah. He will kill me. Like, <laughs> no question about
0: it. He will kill me. He won't kill you. <laughs> but you get the little the joke. joke. Yeah. The ketchup joke. Three tomatoes are walking down the street. Papa tomato, mama tomato, and baby tomato. Baby tomato starts lagging behind, and Papa tomato gets really angry. Goes back and squishes him. Says, "Ketchup." Hmm. <laughs> Ketchup. <laughs> yeah, little. <laughs> huh. yeah, that was a. Uh,
1: it's good though. Like it's meant to be a bad it, joke. Yeah,
0: exactly. So. You want to hear my joke? You're not going to laugh because it's not funny. But do you want to hear it? Yeah. And he gives a little smile, and the, say, ki- the kiss the, at the, the end, k- the blow and the kiss was it's great. It's so
1: perfect because even after all this shit that she has put him through with this ODing stuff and like the stress, like the genuine fear for yeah. your life, he's still he's got so much affection for her. Still, like he really, really likes her. She really likes him. They've shared this really. Like intimate moment, like this. They have a huge secret now. Yeah, they have this little little secret that no one else in the world knows, mm-hmm. except for the other three, but they don't count. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I thought it was really good. Funnily enough, maybe I should have said this when Mia was being all cool on the dance floor, but. I actually named my daughter Mia after this character.
0: Really? Yeah. Holy shit, I did not know that. Oh, really? I really didn't know that, unless you told me, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah,
1: nah, for sure. Mia after Mia Wallace, for sure. I realise she's some drugged up, you know, coked up bitch, but-
0: How come we didn't get a Vincent or a Jules coming up? Nah,
1: nah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, just, I just love how- cool, Mia is. Mia is so cool in this film. She's so confident and sure of herself. I'm really, I'm just such a big fan of this character.
0: Me too. But that's going to do it. It, it is. is a two-parter. Yes, as I'm sure you guessed by the uh- the runtime. <laughs> Yeah, no way we're uh, having Pulp Fiction under an hour. (laughs) Absolutely not. We figured this was a perfect time to stop it since this is the end of this chapter, even, you know, this part of the film, I guess it's blocked the story. And uh, yeah, next time, next week. We're going to start with The Gold Watch. Yes, a little Christopher Walken to start us off with. Always good to start off with a bit of Walken. Yes. Now, before we get to our question of the week, we're going to play you a little promo here, and it is from the Epic Film Guys and their live stream for The Cure. Yeah, it's
1: coming up to that time again, which it's a time we love, and we need to support these guys. What they do is fantastic. So, Nick, Justin, Sauce, you guys are amazing. Everyone needs to support the cause.
0: Absolutely. So, we'll play their promo, and we'll see you back on the other side. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer?
1: Ladies and gentlemen... The time has come for our fourth annual
0: live stream for The Cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever.
1: Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute.
0: Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean
1: a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there and there's a couple
0: of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio and of course Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it
0: yeah what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately we've also opened up a new little merch store over on TeePublic we've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale so if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of movie journey sweet sweet merch head on over there and See if anything tickles your fancy.
1: Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle, at The Movie Journey, and I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash The Movie Journey. Our letterbox pages, where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterboxd.com slash Hendo. And we also- we We also have a new... Facebook discussion group.
0: Yeah, a little listener community going on over there.
1: Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion.
0: Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, Breaking Down Films Not on the IMDb Top 250 list.
1: Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson... Edgar Rod, and even Quentin Tarantino.
0: Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate?
0: Well, Dean, even though A Quiet Place Part 2 is not coming out now, we still did a breakdown of A Quiet Place. And you are still going to get it. <laughs> that's right. We don't want to shelve this for too long. We're going to put it out there to the, for the, the patrons and that's what you're going to get.
1: Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in head on over to patreon.com slash the movie journey and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer
0: all right mate let's get to
1: that's my question the question jerk
0: well he asked is what is your favorite song from pulp fiction So, let's take a look at some responses. First one from patron Jacob Bennett. My favourite is Bullwinkle Part 2. I think that's what it's called. It is. It's the song that plays when Vincent shoots up on his way to Mia's. So good, especially with the opening bass line that makes for an intensely chilling scene. Very good. All right, next up from Tom Schutzer. Missaloo by Dick Dale and the
1: Deltones. It's the surf rock instrumental with the thrumming guitar and Spanish horns playing during the opening credit sequence. And hearing it is just so evocative.
0: It makes me feel... I'm back in 1994, experiencing Pulp Fiction for the first time. Well said. Nice. All right, we got one here from another awesome patron, the Ghost of the Stratosphere. The one that has the guitar and then goes, ha, ha, ha. I don't M is what that is called. Is that even in Pulp Fiction? I'm going to be real. I only saw Pulp Fiction once, and that was when it was in the theatres. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) What a great answer, though. Oh, fantastic answer.
1: Next up from John Arthur Bell. No question, if love is a red dress. Short and
0: sweet film reviews say, girl, you'll be a woman soon. Shane Beauregard says, son of a preacher man. All these are great answers, I must say. You can't not have a good answer here. Justin Ballard says, Mizzaloo.
1: Maria Emma says, girl, you'll be a woman soon. Dan is not the problem also says, girl, you'll be a woman soon. Action Maniac says, jungle boogie. I I said before there wasn't a bad
0: answer. I actually think it's this. This is my least favourite on the soundtrack. Wow, well, at least we get a little look into your top five at the moment. <laughs> and our last one on Twitter from George Anderson, Mizaloo. but girl, you'll be a woman soon as a close second. All right, over on our Facebook listener community group, just the one reply from awesome patron Nick Haskins, 100% Mizzaloo, such a perfect opening credit song.
1: All right, looking at our glorious patrons from Ben Mulvihill, Gotta Be You Never Can Tell by Chuck Berry. One of the greatest scenes. Brianna Petty says, difficult question. I'm going to say Let's Stay Together by Al Green. Nice. And lastly here from the patrons, the Rough House podcast says, it's the obvious one, but I think it's the best. Miss Alou, it made a household name of Dick Dale, don't know about that, and it (laughs) immediately became
0: iconic. Definitely it did. Awesome. Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But Dean, let's do our top five songs from Pulp Fiction. And as usual, let's start off with you, mate. What's your number five? Surfrider. Okay, that's my number five as well. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) What about your number four? Uh, My number four is Mountain Flowers on the Wall. Okay, Captain Kangaroo. That's a one. Righto. My number four is Mizzaloo. Wow, very low. Four. Is it really low? It is. Nah, it is. There's three better songs.
1: Number three for me is Let's Stay Together.
0: Okay, alright. They're all great songs. I, I I don't know why I'm saying, eh, you know. No. Every single song in the soundtrack is fantastic. The, number the three. Boogie. Number three. Son of a preacher man. Nice. Number two, Miss Fair enough. My number two. You're wrong. It's Jungle Boogie. Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> Jungle Boogie. Did-de-de-de-de-de. Oh, I love it when that beat kicks in. Oh, I, it's fantastic. I, I had the
1: soundtrack, and that was an instant
0: skip. Oh no, I love that song. Instant skip, and my number one, and my it. number one for sure. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. No question bow, about bow, it. Bow. Love it. All right. And for next week's question of the week, since it's part two of our Pulp Fiction breakdown, we're going to go with what is your favorite Quentin Tarantino film? I'm actually going to struggle to put these in order for a top five. This is a big ask. I may have to go back and split the kill bills up now. (laughs) You do what you want to do, and I'll do it. Maybe I I might not actually. That way I get to squeeze another (laughs) Quentin Tarantino film in. (laughs) Exactly. So, what's next? Well, we said it. It's part two of our Pulp Fiction Breakdown next week. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be fun. Yep, because we've already recorded it. And it was fun. (laughs) Yes, it was. So thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode. Hope everyone's uh, safe out there. Wash your hands. Keep clean. And be nice to retail workers. Yeah, don't abuse us, please. We're doing our best. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week for Pulp Fiction Part 2. Bye.